What the If is brought to you by listeners like you, thanks to our Patreon members, patreon.com slash whattheif. Go there now and find out how you can become a member and get all kinds of cool rewards. Thank you for supporting our mission for science education and science fun. Welcome to What the If. Again, I got, I got nothing. <laughs> Usually I make a joke about our upcoming uh, topic today, what we call our if, and today we had nothing. Um, it's all right. Emptiness is fine. I mean, empty- the Buddhists Ooh. built a whole religion around it, so that's cool. Fantastic. Emptiness is fine. That's a t-shirt right there. <laughs> <laughs> or, you know, it, it, it's a, uh, um, it's one of those posters, like those motivational posters, you know. A black, just a black, just, just a big b- black space. Big yeah. black space. Mm-hmm. Emptiness is fine. Yeah, that'd be kind of cool. The um, goth motivational poster. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> and then there's another one. There's a corresponding poster, which is you know because those motivational posters always have cats in them. So there's another one of a cat uh, looking into uh, his litter box, and he says, "Emptiness is not fine." Whoa! It's not enough litter. <laughs> so, yeah, that's the world I live in. in. In my world, everyone knows what the litter box is. Um, my, my world of one and me and my cat. Uh, so, uh, our topic today is pretty awesome. Um, we're going to get to it in a second, but before we do, we call it an if, um, oh, first let me introduce our, uh, that voice you heard was Professor Matthew Stanley of New York University, mm-hmm. where emptiness is, uh, emptiness is fine sometimes perhaps from the student's point of view, but definitely not from the, uh, the bean from the bursar's point of view, anyway. Right. <laughs> exactly. Um, and uh, you, how, you were on assignment last week. You, that's what we say when you're off. And, but Gabby that's... and I, we, we explained that you are a, you are a historian of science. Mm-hmm. And therefore, there was something happening in the history of science that you needed to go witness. That's right. There was some correct? urgent history. Um, I'm blanking on what, exactly what it was now. <laughs> happens to me all the time. Yeah. Ask me what I had for breakfast. Yeah, that's right. In, in okay. two years, check my CV and see what my uh, publication record said. I was right. Um, <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> Excellent. Also with us, as always, virologist at uh, uh, Rockefeller University. And um, Gabby, for those who don't know or, or don't, I was mentioning I think before the show that every time I uh, say the word virologist, and you were saying the same thing, it, it always sounds wrong, but it's correct. When you see it on paper, it seems to make more sense. But uh, just for those who have no idea, what is a virologist and what misinterpretations of, of that might you want to tell people? It's not that. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'm a I'm a virologist, so I study viruses. Um, a little bit topical in the last few years. If you're listening to this in 2023, um, <laughs> the the thing that I most get is if I say I'm a virologist and people mishear me, they think I'm a urologist. Um, <laughs> I think it's just kind of hard because all of the ologists sound similar enough, and when you've just mm. got one or two letters in front of the ologist, it's yeah easy to sort of have them meld together into, hey, you do something science-y, kid. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. But you study viruses. 
mm-hmm. essentially. Yeah, that's the thing. And um, so, um, uh, Matt, if you could tell us, we're about to um, introduce the topic for the show, and we have to do it um, kind of like we. You need a ceremonial entrance to the thing because. For a number of reasons, it could be safety, our safety protocols. Mm-hmm. It could also, it might have to do with the effectiveness of whether the thought experiment, you know, whatever it is we're about to do, is going to actually work. Uh, explain why? Why do we need? What is the? Th- what is? What is an if? And why do we need to introduce it with such fanfare? Yeah. So an if is when we change reality. Um, we might be making uh, Coca Cola sour instead of sweet. Um, we might be changing uh, livers to be able to talk. Um, uh, we might be uh, letting dogs design our homes. Um, but basically, <laughs> we're changing the metaphysical foundations of reality. Um, and that is that I have found through trial and error that it is best to introduce such things uh, with fanfare. Um, so people are, are duly warned. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's like, uh, you know, before a uh, before a parade begins or before a uh, the president is going to come down the street or something, they begin by blasting the trumpets, you know, and then uh, everyone knows to get out of the street because the giant doors are going to be opened to the, mm-hmm. uh, to the yeah, city. Yeah, it's really just polite. Mm-hmm. It's just polite. <laughs> exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. All right. Um, so before we welcome the fanfare, Gabby, just give us a little context for what we're doing. Essentially what we do is it's a thought experiment. So we begin. So what's... What's this the kind of vibe? Where's this idea come from that we're about to ex- investigate? Yeah, I was going to say, this actually came from Matt, didn't it? Because mm-hmm. you overheard someone say something and then that kicked this off. Uh, yeah, somebody actually somebody was talking about um, uh, psychiatric drugs um, and pointing out that um, the, a lot of the effect of this of them is probably a placebo. <laughs> um, and they sort of speculated and said, well, what if everything was a placebo? I thought, you know, that would actually be an interesting question. Um, I'll see if I can find some people who might discuss that with me. Yeah. Right. And so, and so what is a placebo? Yeah, a placebo is essentially when you're given something that's not an active medication. It's just a sugar pill. It's, mm. it's got nothing in it that's meant to actually, like on a molecular sort of way, treat something. So it's like saying, like somebody saying that they have back pain and rather than giving them like an aspirin, ibuprofen, something like that, you just hand them a pill and be like, oh, this will help, but it's just a sugar pill. Um, and then they manage to feel better afterwards. Even like though could the be sugar pill doesn't do anything. Right. Yeah, it could be a like breath a mint. mint. Yep. A breath mint. Yeah. 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 And yet and it seems to work. And, and uh, this is a big part of the scientific method. So we'll, we'll talk about that more on the other side. Of the great fanfare, because we must now welcome the if. Uh, everybody, uh, assume your positions. Safety goggles on. Um, you know, hold your capes tight because the, the giant blast of wind sometimes happens when we open the doors to the other reality. And oh, what do you, what do you have there, Matt? My emotional support penguin. <laughs> <laughs> Matt is holding a stuffed penguin. Just want everybody to understand that uh, for safety. That's a good idea. All right, here we go. Get ready. When we ask, what the if? What the if everything were a placebo? Placebos run amok. Your doctor is messing with your mind. 
Big Pharma. What's the story there? We'll find out as we discuss placebos. I suddenly slipped back into my, I used to work in uh, TV news. Got to slip back into that. We'll find out next. Coming up next, (laughs) placebos. Uh, One of my very first jobs in television, uh, I was right out of uh, film school at University of Maryland, and I went to work for uh, the local NBC news station. And um, they gave me the assignment of writing uh, the teases for every week's episode of Hard Copy. You remember Hard Copy? Oh, yeah. (laughs) Uh, Inside Inside Edition also, which I think may still be around. Anyway, the first of these tabloid shows. And uh, I started writing them, and I had no—I was like, "How do I do this?" I had no idea. And then finally, the uh, producer explained to me. He says, "All you have to do, because it's a question of—you can't state something weird. You know, I can't say—I can't say there are UFOs in Houston. You're not allowed mm-hmm. to do that because technically we're a news channel, a news station." And um, he said, "Just write everything as a question." And this is a well-known technique in television. Now that I mention it, you, you'll never be able to unsee it or unhear it. So I, I just wrote, "UFOs in Houston?" Question mark. UFOs in Houston. <laughs> mm-hmm. That was it. So um, we're discussing placebos, and um, let's let's start out with just a vision of what's going on in the world in this thing, and then we'll backtrack a little bit and kind of understand a little bit more about placebos and what what their role is uh, back in the boring world that we just left, uh, and what's happening here in this new world. So we look out, um, uh, we we wake up. Uh, let's say, Matt, you you wake up. Or or Gabby, whichever one you like. It feels more comfortable with this. You wake up in the morning, and uh, I don't know. You go outside. What what would that mean if everything? Here's here's the important thing. I think I want to just define one of our terms for our thought experiment. I think what we're saying is, um, all the drugs that everyone is taking are actually placebos. However, the general population doesn't know that. Right. Well, we can do as much of the the, the revelation of it as we want. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because uh, I think part the of point the is that yeah. I was going to say that I think the point is that they still work. Yeah. In this if um, scenario. Yeah. So we, we wake up one morning oh. and Congress has passed a new law that says uh, prescription drugs have to list their active ingredients and you go to pick up your new prescription and you see active ingredient, none. And then you pick up your other prescription. It says active ingredient, none. Um, and you discover that um, all the pills you've been taking for all these years um, actually have no chemically active ingredients. Uh, and you wonder, uh, what is going on there? And then, Gabby, you're saying that in this idea, I'm not sure I, I didn't understand this. It sounds kind of fun. You're saying is that in this world, even if you know it's a placebo, it still works. Well, in a manner of speaking, that's already what happens with placebos. That's right. Oh, I thought yeah. plac- I thought placebos only worked if you didn't know it was a placebo. Yeah, so maybe I should talk first about what placebos are, how they're used, okay, yeah. and sort of the mm-hmm. cool things about them. Got it, yeah. For kind of the most part, you don't tell somebody they're taking a placebo because it's a clinical trial, right? So in a clinical trial, if you're, say, testing out a new pain medication on people who have, you know, mild to moderate pain, what have you, and you give half the group what's essentially your Tylenol 2.0, and you give the other half of the group a sugar pill. Sometimes, some people will experience some, they will say that their pain is lower after taking the pill because there's kind of like a release of endorphins, something about, you know, feeling like you're taking a medication and like, oh, thank God, this is finally going to help me. 
actually kind of tricks you into thinking that everything's fine. And it's not to say that, you know, your pain wasn't real in the first place, but the human mind has a lot more influence over our body than we think. Like there are studies that show if you wake up in the morning and you think you're tired and spend a lot of time dwelling on how tired you think you are, you'll continue to feel tired more throughout the day than if you just gave yourself a pep talk and went, hey, dude, wake up. Um, you're awake <laughs> now. Just just keep going. Um, so interestingly, there was another study that was done that told people in essentially a mild pain study that they were giving them a placebo, that there was nothing in this thing. And then on the vials, big, it just said placebo. And it turned out that the same thing kind of happened, that some people actually did feel better upon taking something that was, you know, not actually in a purely medical sense, like purely chemical medical sense, helping. Mm -hmm. um, and I think the best thought of that is that, you know, again, like I mentioned with the endorphins, it might be something that literally the ritual act of taking a pill is kind of ingrained in us yeah. or trained in us yeah. that yeah. this helps you, this helps you feel better. Enough of us have gotten, you know, cough medicine when we're sick and then felt better that that's sort of trained into us. Um, I don't know if there's any placebo effects that are like placebo effect studies, like with pills that are ever done on people who haven't gotten medicine before. That like would I'd be, be an interesting experiment. Yeah. Cause yeah. Cause I'm curious how much of it is actually based off of like our conceptions of what, treatment is mm -hmm. therefore if you know societally you were not used to getting pills would you think a pill would help you versus you know whatever you actually normally got that's a sidebar uh but basically yeah it's the fact that there could be a medicine that doesn't actually have anything in it but sometimes even if you know that it's not actually medicine in a conventional sense you will feel better interesting it's, it's interesting you mentioned like the idea of finding a culture or something where they don't take pills. There may certainly be cultures where they don't take pills in the sense that we take them coming from a pharmacy or something, but um, all the time, you know, it's just such a huge part of our culture. Um, but I bet it'd be hard to imagine that there's any human civilization out there that doesn't have, you know, that they take, they, they take herbs or, you know, there's a, there's a yeah, medicine. The concept man. of medicine in some way, right? Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Healing, you know, and, and, and things like that. Um, I mean, obviously, there's a whole other thing about, it would be kind of interesting if we ever got to this, I'm not sure we will today, but like the idea that, uh, you know, that um, somebody casting a spell on you could work yeah. is essentially a placebo, right? Well, I, I, I would say it's probably not a placebo. It's probably more of a nocebo. Uh, so a nocebo is another <laughs> thing. Yeah, I was tremendously amused when I found this out that there's <laughs> placebo and there's nocebos. Yeah. Um, a nocebo is kind of, it's literally like bad placebo, basically. So if the placebo is like, essentially you get this medicine and then you're like kind of, your brain is conned into being like, oh my God, I'm so much better now. The nocebo is when they, they treat it like you're getting the medication, same as they might treat placebo. They might not, you know, they probably don't tell you that you're in the placebo, but then they tell you all of the side effects that the medication might have. And there is a certain percentage of people who then might essentially trick themselves into thinking that they have this thing. Um, it's it's kind of like if you know a couple people in your lab are like, oh, I don't I don't really feel so good. Maybe I got like a stomach bug, and then you start hyperanalyzing how you feel. Yes. Maybe you ate a little bit too much at lunch, and your stomach is kind of like mm -hmm. overfull, and then you're like, yep. oh no. Am I getting the stomach bug? Yeah. And you kind of start tricking yourself into thinking that you don't feel good. And so, and I actually, you know, and I feel like maybe some people had this during the pandemic where like you got exposed yeah. to somebody and then you freaked out and you're like sitting there in your house, like 
is my throat scratchy? Yeah. Is it, was that cough a little too dry? <laughs> yeah. So it's it's sort of the flip side of the placebo, tricking yourself um, in the bad way and then starting to feel effects. Um, and I guess I should mention why we do these things at all, right? So if, yeah, you're, if yeah. you're in a clinical trial and they're testing a pain medication, there's kind of two things that can happen, right? Say the pain medication has side effects and you want to try to figure out how common the side effects are. Well, if you kind of have to tell people the side effects to tell them what to look out for, some people might trick themselves into thinking that they're, they're going to happen. They might get so worried about it that they have side effects. So then to control for how much of the side effects are real versus people getting amped up about them, you have a nocebo group. The other side is the placebo group where to see how much of that is actually the medication or just people being relieved that they're getting treatment. Well, then you have the placebo group and, you know, X amount percent will feel better, report their pain is lower. And then you can kind of use that as a baseline compared to the actual trial group. Not all the time are placebos exactly the same. They're not always meant to do the same thing. So, for example, when I was I was in the Pfizer clinical trial for the vaccine, I actually was originally in the placebo group. They gave me like some really orange saline injection or something. I remember it kind of looked orange, but I couldn't tell if that was actually like the label or something. I think they dyed the vaccine and the <sighs> placebo because people were saying that you could tell which one you got based on the color being different. So I think oh, they just went, screw it, just make it a color <laughs> yeah. um, so that people can't tell. And so the control there was not necessarily that if I got placebo, my immune system would be magically boosted because I was convinced it was. It was a behavioral placebo control. So essentially, mm, okay. some amount of people upon getting a vaccine that says, okay, now you're safe from this pandemic, would start to engage in more risk-taking behaviors. They'd go out to bars, they'd meet friends they hadn't talked to in a while because now they think they're safe. So what happens is, is you have, and it will be some percentage of both. So rather than telling the vaccine group, hey, you guys are good now, go out there, do whatever you want, and then they'll take more risk-taking behaviors and maybe have a higher percentage of them that get infected just because they're out in um, out in the wild, <laughs> essentially. Uh, you kind of don't tell either of them what they got. And some people will engage in more risk-taking because they feel better, regardless of whether or not they got placebo or a real vaccine. They don't know. And some group of people will still be cautious and stay in. Uh, so that's sort of how you normalize behavior-wise and control in an experiment. But this time specifically wow. in this, if we're talking about, you know, feeling better because you got a sugar pill. Right. Okay. And so, and so uh, uh, is this correct? I, am I envisioning the world correctly, Matt, as you were imagining this? If um, I would go to the drugstore... And I would go to the cough and cold section, let's say, and uh, I would pick up, you know, as you say, a, a box of some, let's say, one of the great brand names of uh, cold medicine or headache medicine, uh, headache relief. And uh, active ingredient, I look at the active ingredients on the box, and it says none. Mm -hmm. And then I look at the next brand on the shelf, and it says none. And then I look at the next medicine and and the next brand, and I look at all, you know, 500 things being sold as I walk all the way down the aisle, both sides of the aisle, and it's like, I could see this in, in like a Hitchcock movie or something, just picking up box after yes, box. Exactly. Going, no! <laughs> and they all say none. Mm -hmm. um, but what you guys are saying is that, in, describe the world, though, that this, this is in. You're saying... Yeah, so it turns out that if we've been taking it for years, um, it actually has been making us feel better. Um, uh, right, okay, I got you. Yeah. And presumably, so I don't know, Gabby, if you have a sense of this, like, is there a quantitative sense of how much placebos can affect people? Like, is this a 5% thing? Is it a, 
hundred percent thing. I mean, presumably since we use them as the comparison in the clinical trials, a placebo can't fully replicate the effect of a, a proper medicine, right? Yeah, I think it can kind of depend on the group, how many of them feel better. I don't remember exact numbers, but I've seen stuff about like a third or more people in a placebo group can wind up feeling better. Okay. Um, this is just based off a scattershot of studies I looked at for this. I don't sure. know if that's every mm -hmm. single time. Uh, but I should mention too that, you know, it's not everything that the placebo winds up doing, right? If it's targeting something that is really more, I want to say like, I might, I had to saying like quietly biological that like, <laughs> you're not really noticing like cholesterol levels. You're... Huh. Mood uh, cannot necessarily make you absorb less cholesterol. Mm -hmm. So finding out your heart medication isn't actually heart medication is probably more dangerous for you than finding out that your Tylenol isn't actually Tylenol. Well, isn't it? It seems to me that again, different people would react differently. But it seems to me there's a, there's a, you know a portion of the population that upon suddenly learning that this is the case that none, none of the medicines if they were all just placebos. Um, that, uh, that it would then become a nocebo effect or something. You'd like panic and then suddenly feel like, oh, nothing works, and, and then you just get sick. Mm -hmm. Is that true? Or, but what you're saying, Matt, is actually the medicines... Um, well, sorry. So sometimes even after you know it's a placebo, it right. still has that effect, right? Um, I think one of the questions would be, does it maintain the same effect? Um yeah, you know, so is it, do half the population suddenly stop responding to it, um, or is it that an individual person starts having less response to it too? Because um, that begs the question of like, is the placebo effect uh, a social thing, as kind of we were suggesting before? There's something about the ritual process that makes the effect, or is it an internal psychological thing? You know, how, how hard you believe in it is what makes it work. Um, uh, I don't know. And I don't think we actually know what the mechanism for, for placebos are generally. Right, right. Oh, there's something to do with the mind, right? Um, yeah. So, yeah. I mean, just to say something to do mm -hmm. about yeah. the mind. Um, yeah. There was one study that I know of where they, so they used the placebo and nocebo effect, essentially, where they, like, they gave people like a, a small they like kind of heated like on their arm to a moderately painful temperature and then afterwards like gave them some creams which they said that would uh there was a pain reliever and like a pain inducer so placebo was a pain reliever pain inducer the nocebo uh the thing that'll make it worse uh and then one that was just like nothing which i think was and in, in reality all of them were not actually anything it was all just like petroleum jelly uh, so but that actually, the people did report different effects. So I think it was like a third that said that uh, it was less painful when there was a pain reliever. And then like more than half of people were reporting pain when the pain inducer was then applied. Uh, and then what they did was because, you know, they, they had these results of like, this is what people say. They put them in an fMRI machine to image their brain and then found mm -hmm. that there was a specific area uh, let's see if I can pronounce this right. Apologies to any neuroscientists in the audience hearing me butcher this. The rostroventromedia medulla. Wow. It's a great oh, drag yeah. name. That is. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so it 
just if you're they, a neuroscientist they and you're doing drag in that name, please let us know. Yeah. Please do. Yeah, <laughs> I would love to know. Um, so increased activity there, which apparently relays pain information. And then there was decreased activity in another area, which I, I the period aqueductal gray. <laughs> All right, they're just I, making things up now. Yeah, yeah, that's a that's like a Pantone color, peri-aqueductal <laughs> yeah, gray. Yeah, totally. Uh, that area helps the body suppress pain. So they they found hmm. that they could see these areas lighting up during placebo right. and nocebo effects. Um, yeah. Whether or not it's more complicated than that, I guess remains to be seen. But people are you know generally trying to narrow down on where specifically. Um, what specifically is causing it? Right now, here's the thing: this would say something so profound. Again, we're 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 completely into this uh, speculative world, this imagined world. Uh, I'm now taking my the. I had one toe back in our old real universe. I'm bringing. I'm jumping fully into this new world. Where imagine if this were the case that it suddenly turned out that. Um, None of the medicines were actually anything special. Essentially, they were all the same ingredient, which is none or mm -hmm. sugar or something. Um, it would mean that the human mind, that the power of the human mind to heal, like let's, let's imagine that in this uh, this imagined world too, that there's just as many people that are healed and all that kind of stuff, and the world is just as healthy as our modern world is. And yet, in that world, all the medicines were placebo. It means that the, the you know, I would think that the next step would be suddenly this, it's released and it says, I can imagine, you know, uh, uh, the head of the um, uh, NIH or whatever would have to come on television and say, look, here's the thing. Yeah, okay, you figured it out. <laughs> Everyone around the world, oh, is, there's no actual yeah. thing. But they've been working. Look how astounding our how much better we are than uh, than humans were in the past where you know we're much healthier so that says something about the human mind of in that world the human mind is extraordinarily powerful mm -hmm. like yeah. uh, what else might we then be able to or Gabby you were going to say something I well yeah I was just going to mention that I mean already the human mind is I think a little bit more fascinating in ways that we don't fully appreciate like right. and so for example there's like a group of monks and like a specific technique where they can like change their body temperature mm -hmm. just kind of by like meditation and like whatever whatever internal technique they are capable of doing mm -hmm. um it changes their body temperature by like 17 degrees so oh it can God. be like pretty intense and apparently like the people who have you know, we're, we're trying to study this. We're, you know, walking around with them and the monks are all just in like, you know, thin clothes or whatever. And every one of them, every one of the reporters or whatever is like bundled up. Uh, but the monks have all like mastered changing their body temperature or whatnot. So already we can, there are ways to teach yourself to manipulate the way that your body works. Okay. But yeah, yeah if you mm -hmm. can, if, if in this universe, essentially you can trick your body into doing really cool things like lowering your lowering your cholesterol um god i mean i'm thinking for my boyfriend who's adhd in in the middle of an adderall shortage and losing his mind oh, right. uh oh, the yeah. bit to just take a sugar pill instead and you're like yeah i can mm -hmm. focus now that that's kind of nice so yeah. Yeah. um i didn't yeah know that's right so i don't know if this is the end of the medical industrial complex um oh, if no maybe. one actually needs to well i mean this is <laughs> I don't uh, know because, because I think the uh, the the pseudo 
pharmaceutical industries. <laughs> I don't know exactly huge, as yeah. if it, but that's right. So somebody still has to make the pills, um, right. and I'll bet there will be um, more and less popular placebos, even though they're all doing nothing. Um, yeah. People would definitely have arguments over it. Oh, your placebo is really sucks. It's you know it's out of fashion. No one's taking that placebo anymore. That's right. That's right. Um, everybody should be taking this placebo, yeah. uh, even though they both um, do nothing. Yeah. Like this is a placebo for four different things in one. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> you have to take all these fake pills while I only get to take one fake pill. That's right. That's right. I just use a magnet. Um, <laughs> the the um, here's the, we're going to wrap up here. Uh, we're doing a slightly shorter show today because we're just jammed in. We're jammed in. Mm-hmm. Um, so much imagination happening. Um, but uh, I wonder. I don't know if Gabby, you know anything about the stats, statistics on this? But like, if you're a very, I feel like skeptical people. If I am told that the thing I was taking was placebo, now I could be absolutely wrong, but I feel like. If so, if a medicine was working for me while I did while I thought it was the real medicine, but it was not. Okay, let's say, but but it was working for me. That's great. And then somebody told me it was fake. I would feel like I would actually then get sick. It, for me, it wouldn't work anymore. So, is it true that like skeptical people or scientists, like in this world, suddenly all the scientists actually get sick? You know, <laughs> and I mean, well, is this a way to get rid of skeptics and scientists in the world? Just like <laughs> reveal the. I mean, secret. I don't know, right? Because like. In general, some people do respond more more to placebos than others. So there's already uh-huh. like some variation in people. And it tends to be kind of a belief thing. The harder you believe that something's going to work for you, the yeah. more likely it is that it actually will. So in a weird way, if you've got all these skeptics, but it still works for them, then I guess maybe they weren't that skeptical. Or <laughs> yeah. I, I, I don't I know. <laughs> Yeah. Like your faith is in something hard enough, clearly that it's working. And if you're just like, it's science, it has to work. I believe in the placebo effect. Therefore this will like, yeah. <laughs> actually I just had, a, I did just suddenly have a positive, a positive, positive thought that what would happen is the scientists in the world, first of all, they would suddenly get sick. Like the, the, uh, uh, the flu medicine, you know, whatever, all these different things would happen to them. And, um, they'd come down with all these, uh, things that, other people were not coming down with because they believed they were, you know, immune to it. Or um, suddenly the scientists get headaches. All the scientists get headaches, and there's no relief. Whereas <laughs> other people, just, they could take you know, anything. Phil, I hate to tell you, that's just being a scientist, <laughs> right? Exactly. But the scientists, <laughs> the scientists would rally and say, "Hey, wait, okay, whatever, whatever it was, something was working. Something changed, you know, human civilization for the better. We became healthier over the course of ten thousand years, or whatever, or even the past hundred to it." And um, They'd say, let's figure out what this is, what's going on in the mind, and they would come up with a way to, you know, if, if it wasn't already happening in your mind, they'd figure out whether, whatever tool it was. Even if it was ritual or whatever, you know, mm-hmm. uh, they would figure out, they'd say, wow, look how powerful the mind is, and they would rally and start turning that into a technology that we could use. Yeah, or just figuring out, you know, a personalized fake medicine that if you're somebody who doesn't <laughs> oh, come from great. a background oh. with pills... Mm-hmm. Your medicinal therapy of the week comes in the form of a Japanese tea ceremony or something like that, where I guess that's when the, the psychology, sociology of this would come into play. Yeah. That's essentially what commercials do, right? For every product. Wow. Well, yeah. That's right. Yeah. 
I mean, even not medicine products, just like, you know, buy this car and you'll be so much happier. Use this shampoo, you'll be so much happier. I do love the allergy ones where, like, by the end, they're just, like, frolicking in a field. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Matt, thank you for this. This is a super fun one. Super fun Mm -hmm. one. Placebo, and we learned about nocebo. Um, Also, I I heard a fantastic name. If if someone out there is uh, forming a band and you don't have a name yet, I think Bad Placebo. That'd be a great name. Mm, that would be Ooh, good. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I'd say nocebo, but that, that would be maybe if you're like an avant-garde musician, nocebo might work. Yeah. Um, thank you all. Uh, thank both of you, Matt and Gabby. And thank everyone for listening, especially our Patreon listeners. Uh, we uh, After each episode, we do an after party, an after show. And uh, we have uh, we continue the episode a little bit longer. There's bonus, uh, bonus content, as they say, that we record, uh, extended episodes. Uh, and extended discussions, we learn more about what's happening in uh, Matt and Gabby's exciting um, uh, careers and stuff like that. And sometimes I, dr- I throw in a movie review or two, so for good measure. Um, uh, and thank you, thank you, everyone uh, uh, out there who's supporting us on Patreon. Patreon.com slash what the if. And you can find out more about all the cool uh, merchandise we have that you, you, you get as a gift for joining and uh, all the bonus content. Many, many, many episodes now. We've been doing these uh, extended episodes, so only Patreon listeners are going to get that. Um, Matt, would you help us uh, close out? What do we need? Now we need to... We came in with a fanfare, mm-hmm. and we go out with more of a, I don't know, a operatic, triumphant... Yeah, so uh, you go to the pharmacy, your local CVS or Dwayne Reed, um, to pick up your latest prescription. Uh, and as is your habit, you check the active ingredient list and to your horror you find that instead of nothing there is actual medicine in your medicine and you shout out what the thank you all for listening I, I send you back to the real world I believe is quite a bit better you can look at the drug boxes and have fun looking at the drug boxes and trying to understand the names of all the active ingredients. Gabby understands, but uh, the rest of us just try to pronounce them properly. Thank you all for listening. Support us on Patreon if you already do. Thank you. See you next week. Bye.